Stories from the Hong Kimun Cafe, written and read by Barclay Johnson. The longest carrot. Gardening is not something in which I have much expertise. Indoors, they perish by drought or flood. Outdoors, I'm on safer ground, literally. Anything which bothers to grow and enhances my small cottage garden has permission to continue, provided they don't overcrowd me or their neighbours. I generally leave them alone, as my assistance could be fatal. Next door lives a retired horticulturalist, having worked several years in a university. It is with some envy that I look upon her pots and borders, but I am mindful that gardening is a pursuit in which you make a rod for your own back. It takes only a few seconds to plant something, but a lifetime to keep it thriving, or in my case, just alive. It's a dedication I don't have, unlike Bernard Jeffries, who takes gardening to another level. Bernard lives for gardening. Actually, he lives for success, and his métier is vegetables. Unlike my horticulturalist neighbour, Constance, he doesn't enjoy his garden. His garden is a laboratory, a research facility, where experiments are carried out in the never-ending pursuit of the biggest marrow or the largest onion. But even these are small beer when it comes to his all-consuming passion, the carrot, and in particular, its length. From an upstairs window I can see into Bernard's garden. Villages are not designed, they grow organically, sometimes interlocking like jigsaw puzzles. Part of Bernard's garden runs along the end of Constance's, and the contrast is revealing. There is very little colour in his garden other than green, and much of that is concealed beneath glass or plastic. There are devices and tubes that would shame most intensive care units. In fact, his is the gardening version of an ICU. Adjacent to his intensive care garden, a footpath meanders alongside the back of several gardens, and whereas Constance's access is marked by a rose-covered archway, Bernard's high fence and barbed wire are there to determine any uninvited scrutiny. It is not the general public, Bernard fears, but his competitors. Success concerning vegetables in general is conceded to the Reverend Passload, the shared vicar, some claiming unfairly that it's because he has more time to spend in his garden due to his only working one day a week. This ignores the fact that most show gardeners are retired. Dave at the drum was witness to what made the longest carrot the subject of such competition between Bernard and his fierce competitors that were once close friends. It goes back some years, Dave told me. One market day, when Bernard and his mates had been drinking all afternoon, the conversation became, well, a bit smutty. Not unusual, I pointed out. Well, Dave continued, they'd been talking about the produce show and what they might enter. They started giggling and whispering, so, me being curious, I got closer wiping down some tables. They were behaving like kids, picking a vegetable and who they thought it might look like, and vice versa. Go on. Well, you know Beverly? Yeah, she's quite... Exactly. She's a big girl. They said she would certainly win the Marrows Prize. Of course, they all started giggling again. So, they were going through various classes and making jokes, until it got to the longest carrot. One of them said Tommy was a dead cert, cos he had five kids. And then another said Bernard would be a shoo-in for the smallest radish, if there was such a class, as he didn't have any. Cue more giggling. Well, 
Bernard didn't think it was funny, and he said he'd show them. Show them? Well, it's all forgotten about until the following produce show, when Bernard wins the longest carrot. How long ago was that then? Oh, about five years. I see two or three of them on market days, but not Bernard. Out of spite, each year they compete in the longest carrot, and whoever wins claims to be the most, well, what shall I say, virile? Yeah, that'll do. So far, it's been Bernard by a mile, well, a foot or so. Maybe Bernard had a personal problem, maybe he didn't. But I could see that Bernard's determination to grow the longest carrot was more to do with proving himself rather than any gardening ambition. It's easy to accept what front people might present and not consider what fragility they may be hiding. Adjacent to the village hall there is a field on which we have our annual summer fete and other events, but towards the end of August a large marquee being erected heralds the village produce show. People of all ages are represented, and they will have been preparing their entries for months if not years. Of over a hundred classes in the programme, the majority are open only to entries that are edible. Of those, at least half are vegetables, and of those, the prize for the longest carrot has become the most coveted. On the day before the big event, Bernard was feverish with activity. As dusk concealed his preparations from prying eyes, I was witness to the drain pipes down which the mammoth carrots had been growing. In girth, they may be little more than the supermarket carrot, but in length, many times longer. Entries had to be in place by 9.30 for judging to start at 10 in secret. Bernard arrived with his contribution about 9.20 and left the marquee with a satisfied grin as some latecomers dashed in with their entries, none, to Bernard's satisfaction, carrying anything resembling a carrot. During the judging, which took at least two hours, it was customary to retire to the drum and for Bernard to go through the formality of appearing apprehensive, while nursing the delight of another victory, one that would eventually put the smallest radish comment onto the garden compost of history. Returning a little worse for wear at 12.30, the marquee was full. The four expert judges stood together resplendent in their gardening regalia, members of this national society or that, chair of one gardening organisation or another. Then the results began to be announced. Children's and young person's classes, cooking classes, flowers, and then down to the serious business of vegetables. Three of these, two of those, uh, something or other, a basket of, a bunch of, each class having a winner and a second prize and a third. There's only one prize, Bernard would say, and that's first prize. Anything else is failure. At last, and finally, the longest carrot. Bernard checked his way to the platform, straightened his tie and cleared his throat. The longest carrot cup was brought forward, ready to be presented, and two press photographers moved in ready to capture the moment. Lady Blythe moved to the front, holding the card on which was bound to be Bernard's name. Bernard took a deep breath. So did Lady Blythe. Winner of this year's longest carrot, a truly extraordinary entry I am very pleased to announce goes to and like all television quiz hosts she pauses for effect Mr Reginald Cleverly there was a sharp intake of breath that apparently was heard at the pub 
A moment of disbelief followed. Then a resounding crash as Bernard fell backwards, collapsing a table on which there were a dozen or more trifle entries, creating one large trifle, in the middle of which Bernard rested unconscious. Constance, who I've mentioned is my neighbour, appeared from nowhere and administered some first aid, thinking that Bernard was bleeding profusely from a head injury, but it turned out to be a strawberry compote, which had been disqualified due to it not really being a trifle. The tender care exhibited by Constance stirred forgotten feelings in Bernard. She accompanied him home, ensuring he was quite well, and the two have been inseparable ever since. Their two gardens have now a common gateway, and there is much more colour in Bernard's garden than ever before. He still grows carrots, but no longer enters them into the show. Having heard their mutual garden gate creaking late at night, he no longer has need to worry about the size of his carrots. Oh, perhaps I should tell you. Mr Cleverley's winning carrot was 26 feet long. He entered it as a joke, as he found it near his well in the garden. The root had entered the well and had grown down, round and round in search of water. On the table it looked just like a ball of string, which the judges had to unravel before they could measure it.